1: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks for making your way here, checking out the series. Hopefully you'll hit the subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, brand new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists. Discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from i'm kyle meredith today i'm talking with passenger mike rosenberg we're going to be discussing the new record songs for the drunk and broken-hearted it's a happy affair i promise you that it's an album that comes at the end of a relationship right before lockdown so it's sort of that one two gut punch right there that makes up the songs on this album mike's going to talk about reliving some of the cringe moments of past relationship songs uh, though finding influence in uh, songwriters like Jim Croce, Leonard Cohen, and the Smiths, and what makes the music from the 60s and 70s so tempting to borrow from. And ever the thoughtful person, Mike's also going to be discussing having a, a tree planted for every physical copy of his record, and he gives us the details on his already-in-the-works next album. Let's get into it and discuss songs for the drunk and broken-hearted. It's Kyle Meredith with Passenger. You too,
2: Kyle. How are things?
1: First off, the compliments anybody that puts out this much material as consistently as you do usually means that you're going to get a record here and there that's forgettable. And I just don't think that really happens yet with you. I mean, oh. every single time you put out something really good. Uh, congratulations, I guess, are in order on another great record.
2: That's really kind, mate. Thank you. And that's very nice to hear. Yeah, I, I've, I've just always written an awful lot. And um, I think I'm very lucky in, in the sense that I can I can write wherever I am. You know, I've got a lot of musician friends that need to be in a specific environment or or set their surroundings in a certain way, uh, to go and write songs. And I've always just been able to write, you know, whether I'm on a tour bus or at home or on holiday or whatever. So I think it's just been yeah, it's just been this loop of, you know, I'll write an album, we'll record it, I'll tour it. And by the time I get home from tour, I'll have another one written. So it's just been that kind of constant conveyor belt um for the last ten or so years. Yeah.
1: And when you don't have to worry about you know the 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 band mentality of waiting for everybody else, I mean, I guess that uh, makes it quite nope. a bit easier for
2: you. It, it really does. You, I, I think, you can be an awful lot more flexible with with how you do things. You can adapt quickly, and and yeah, and you know, like I I work with um, my producer Chris Fileo, Um and and really, it's just the two of us. And then we, you know, we get musicians in as we, as and when we need them. Uh, but yeah, you're you, you're really right in saying that. I think I think you can work quicker as a, as a solo artist, for sure.
1: So when it comes around to the records then, I mean, I guess that does ultimately uh, give the opportunity for, if not a concept record or something, but the thematics all to come together. Uh, I know this time it's been talked about a little bit like, okay, so this ends up being the breakup record because this is the <laughs> these the songs that come. If that is the case, if that's also how you do see this record, what's the voice that the record ends up having? Uh, I mean, how does our our hero fare? Uh, is it a journey is it it is is it a straight line
2: in that sense I mean songs for the drunk and broken hearted doesn't sound like the hero does too well unfortunately and this must be like the sixth breakup record as well unfortunately from from my back catalog Um, I I think it's just you know like uh, obviously everyone goes through breakups and rough times like that and and I think as a songwriter I, I tend to I tend to draw on whatever I'm going through and whatever is around me and so yeah I mean I I went through a breakup just before lockdown so I think the double whammy of those two things uh was was a real sort of um yeah a real sort of melting pot creatively for me and and these songs sort of just came pouring out some of these songs as well were were written in lockdown which definitely gave them a a, a very distinctive feel I think
1: it it is intriguing when i hear about it because i ask how does our hero fare and uh, you know it does sound to me that and not that there has to be a resolution either, but it, it sounds to me like a lot of these songs find you in, as as Dr. Seuss would say, the waiting
2: place. Yeah, you know. definitely. I, I think we've all been in the waiting place for like the last 14, 15 months, right? Like, there's definitely that that element of it. And what what's cool, I think, as well, is that this album, actually, the first version of it was finished early 2020, before, like, pre-pandemic. And it was due to come out like, m- like this time last year. And... I ended up holding it back just because it felt so depressing to release music with, with so little way of like getting behind it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't make videos, I couldn't play gigs, I couldn't do anything to gain momentum for it. Um, so yeah, so that's that's when I, I started writing new songs in lockdown and ended up adding you know three or four of them to the record. And I really like that because it kind of gives a deeper perspective. I think a lot of the earlier songs were just as I was going through a breakup, or even some some of them were written before. And then the, the the ones that were that came later were actually after a few months of being on my own and being in lockdown, and, you know, the dust had settled and, and the perspective is different on those songs. So I really think it's kind of added a lot of depth to the album.
1: When you listen back to these now, like, do you still hear the vulnerability, uh, like, uh, of of your state at the moment, whatever that might have been, in those? And 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 the follow up here is, you know, do those ever, even in the past, do those ever result in? Is cringe the right word? Like, oh God, man, where was I
2: when I did that? Oh so it's so cringy. Like it's like it's like going back and reading like a diary from when you were like in high school and all of the all of the problems you thought were, were really enormous back then. Um, it's funny because I've I've been doing these weekly live streams on my YouTube and Facebook and stuff. And I've been doing a different passenger record every week so going back and, and like relearning these songs and some of them not often I'm, I'm glad to say but some of them I'm like what was I thinking with those lyrics like you know there's just moments where I'm like yuck uh, but yeah I mean that's all it's all part of it I think if you do anything creative there's always the chance of looking back on it in 10 years time and thinking god what was I thinking it's part of, it's part of the creative journey really. And I try and embrace it as much as possible.
1: I'm glad you brought that up too, because that was one of my questions about, you know, playing the albums in full, you know, in in the lockdown, because for a lot of artists, you know, even though in your live shows, you know, sets will change, you know, from night to night, but I'm sure there still are those songs that you maybe hadn't visited in a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel like that has offered you to gain a different relationship with
2: your past catalog
1: than you might've had?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, You're absolutely right you know night after night you're playing pretty much the same set list just because it works you know that there's there's a you know it there's a really nice sort of shape to it and you you don't want to mess with it too much because it can really sort of take you out of your stride you know so you can get i think you can get a bit lazy with it you know that the set works you know that certain jokes work at certain moments certain stories certain songs and it works and the crowd go away happy so you think well i'm not going to tinkle with it i'm not going to mess with it too much it can get a little bit if you're not careful it can get a bit stale i think and it yeah it's been such a nice um opportunity to go back through all of these songs and you know unearth some of them that i kind of think now it's like actually you know what that that really needs to be in the set or at least kind of like needs to be played a little bit more so it's been a really good exercise and and actually a really big challenge to to go back every week to to basically relearn 10 11 12 songs and get them up to the point of where I can perform them um hmm. uh, yeah it's it's been a really good way of keeping my my hand in musically and my head engaged my brain engaged with it and also you know keep on connecting with with my fan base which you know I'm, I'm so lucky to have
1: H- have you done all the records at this
2: point um, i think we i think i've done like 8 of the of the 13. So yeah, chewing through them slowly. Well, uh, to get back to this one a hand,
1: again, uh, songs for the drunk and broken hearted. Um, we got to talk about it before it's already an old record and you're on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I want to hit a couple of songs because of how much I like these. Uh, the Way That I Love You has this, I don't know, when I hear it, this great 70s feel. Like yeah. I recall Gordon Lightfoot, a little bit of Jim
2: Croce in there. Sure. Yeah.
1: Do you find yourself um, at this point like referencing other musicians when you're writing? Do you catch yourself ever doing that?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, and I actually think if I'm really honest that it's probably a bit too close to Jim Croce at times <laughs> that song, time. I, I really do. And it was only after I like recorded it. And I'm a big Croce fan, but I haven't listened to it for a long time. And that's the thing with music. Like it, it creeps into your subconscious, you know, like we're, we're also affected by all of the music that we've heard over our lives. And so it's so easy to stray into that slightly like oh, that's kind of a bit close territory. So um, yeah, pending lawsuit, I should imagine. But um, but yeah, no, it's I, that's the kind of music I grew up with. You know, my my dad's actually from the states originally. Uh, he's from New Jersey, and Mama is is English. So I kind of grew up on a diet of of yeah, great sort of sixties and seventies singer songwriters from 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 both countries. Yeah.
1: I mean, Croce in himself. I, mean, I, I know he's got a few hits that people know about, but man, what a catalog that guy had that just went so deep.
2: Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, he's, uh, yeah, an unsung hero, really. I don't think he he gets the credit he, he deserves.
1: And, and maybe it's just by chance, you know, as we're talking about uh, 60, 70s songwriters. Uh, Suzanne doesn't sound like a Leonard Cohen song, but you still, you know, that's that's when I that's the mindset. Like, I don't know, was that part of it at all?
2: yeah i I that was definitely a much more sort of conscious tip of the hat towards leonard yeah um the truth is that i was writing suzanne like not about someone specifically i think everyone has met a suzanne in their in their life at some point she's you know that that woman who's maybe in her 50s or 60s and she's sitting in the same seat at the same bar every night drinking the same drinks smoking a cigarette and staring off into the middle distance and you know, we've all met that woman at some point, and uh, so I was writing that song, and I was I was so excited about it, and I knew that I needed like a female name for the for the chorus, and Suzanne just fit so beautifully. I'm a massive Leonard Cohen fan. It was it felt like a really nice tip of the hat towards him, and and um, it just it just felt like it clicked into place when I when I when I sang it.
1: So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well,
2: as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one
1: platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Yeah, it's almost unfair that uh, certain musicians will make a name so iconic that it almost, like, you can never use it, you know, although, you know, you've you've found a great way
2: to do it, but it's almost like that, you know, and the absolutely. Springsteen's done it every, you know, all the names. A- absolutely, yeah, and when we're running out of names, uh, we have to start <laughs> getting really creative with it, yeah.
1: You know, in a similar fashion, that comes up a little bit on, um, was it the title track, where you've got the Joker, the Jester, and the Gambler? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, what is that... Um, There's a little bit of American Pie. There's a little bit of uh, of uh, of uh, all along the Watchtower. Yeah, Roger's obviously. Yeah, yeah. again, you know, I don't know if that's coincidence or I'm I'm just really reaching at this point.
2: Basically, we're discovering that I just steal all of my ideas from from fantastic uh, 70s singer songwriters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a there's I think actually, this is uh, this album is more sort of um, influenced. Than, than most of my other music. I think there's a lot of Beatles-y moments as well. Some of the chord progressions like London in the Spring and Um and other moments like feel quite Beatles-y for the first time. And again, obviously, we're as musicians who are, who are who have lived since the Beatles, we're all massively influenced by them, whether we like it or not. Um, but but that's definitely been coming through a lot stronger this time as well. So I I feel like maybe it's just getting older and 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 these are sort of like pushing through. Uh, in a kind of firmer way, these ideas. Yeah,
1: I love the way you interpret them in, in that sense. I mean, it does. It comes out. There's a, there's another track on here with Sandstorm. Like to me, you know, less so than what we're talking about. Like that's kind of the other direction. It's got this amazing film quality yeah. to it. You know, it's very cinematic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd, I'd actually just love you to talk about that song because you know I was drawn so quickly to that one.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are. I think. I think it's so different to the rest of the album. I think you know, like it it's a much wider musical landscape than the others and it and it sits right in the middle of the records and i think it was kind of pushing our comfort zone in the studio a little bit as well like it, it gets big it, it it starts very small but it gets really big and um i love i love the, the the concept and the meaning behind the song as well like this this like yeah i am the sandstorm i am the, i am the sandstorm and you are the sand you know like this kind of feeling like you're this like crazy big negative force that kind of comes sweeping into people's lives and it's hard it's a, it's a, hard, a hard subject matter to to get across correctly in a song i think
1: i, I also love the horns in that song were they were they yeah. an obvious choice i mean did you hear that as you were writing it
2: yeah t- I'm, I'm i'm like a, i'm a big calexico fan i'm a big you know love that calexico. kind of yeah that kind of um yeah southern states mexican kind of crossover thing so i think that mariachi trumpet sound is, is always welcome in passenger. Well, sure. <laughs> I do
1: love that. Uh, you, you had mentioned, you know, having, you know, the luxury of adding the three songs, you know, post lockdown and, and sword in the stone, I think was one of those rights, which becomes
2: the lead single. Did you have an idea of what the lead single was before sword in the stone ended up being on here? Yeah. I think what you're waiting for again, we're talking about influences and that just sounds like the Smiths to me, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's that real sort of like, um, yeah, like, post-punk kind of thing going on with that which i never thought i would say about a passenger song but but like i think um yeah i think i think that's a great melody it's very hooky it's 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 very catchy so i think that was probably the obvious choice and then i wrote sword from the stone halfway through lockdown and it was just a game changer like i write a lot of songs and i i like most of them but i think every now and again you stumble across something that's that's special um sorry i just need to pick up my cat Rosie. She was, um... Hello
1: Rosie. Hey
2: you're this girl.
1: <laughs> Rosie's favorite songs does, she, does Rosie have favorite songs? Rosie
2: has a song called Rosie that I wrote about I got when she was a kitten and uh, the first night that I had her, there was a massive storm outside and she was freaking out and like running around and I wrote her this little little ballad to try and calm her down it didn't work at all she didn't care after um so. As a
1: cat would not. Yeah, no, typical exactly. cat, right? And most
2: humans don't. Uh, so, so <laughs> what I was expecting from a from a tiny cat, I don't know. But, um, she has her own song. Some life affirming answer or
1: thought with with what you just said there. What what should I expect from it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to
2: expect from her. Nor does yeah. she. <laughs>
1: I, I, I only ask because you 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 mentioned the smiths have you been following the uh the simpsons and uh and and morrissey deal
2: no what's been going on
1: oh man i don't know if we should get into it somebody's gonna get mad at us i oh, really you know, the simpson the simpsons did a um <clears throat> they had Cumberback um voice a morrissey esque guy except he was much later in his career and he was racist and overweight and Morrissey got very upset, and now they've released a song, which was actually written by one of the guys from Flight of the Concords. And it's just okay. been some fun drama. I say that as a Smiths fan, because if you're a Smiths fan, what you have is a complicated relationship
2: with the music. You do. Mind. You do. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of all of the people involved, like Flight of the Concords, Simpsons, Smiths. I'm a fan of all of them. So like I hope. They, uh, they can bury the hatchet and put their differences aside because <laughs> they're all excellent. And so is Rosie. I,
1: I, I do want to quickly point out uh, one of the greatest parts about this record, Beyond the Music, is what you're doing with the sales and the trees. Uh, this is so great. I, actually, I'm just going to let you talk about this because a tree gets planted with every physical purchase?
2: Yeah, so yeah, through our web store. So every album, so CD or vinyl that gets sold through our web store, which is passengerofficial.com, if anybody wanted to check out, uh, we, We've teamed up with Ecology, and we, yeah, a, a tree gets planted for every sale. I think we've, we've planted like 15,000 trees now, which is, wow. look, it's, it's not gonna save the planet single-handedly, but I think, I think if you're making physical products in 2021, I think we've all got a bit of a responsibility to, to yeah, just, just offset it in, in whatever way we can. Um, and it's cool as well because the material used is all like recycled and even like the shrink wrap is biodegradable and stuff. We, we sort of looked into it and tried to make it as, yeah, as, as eco-friendly as possible. And, and I think it's, it's not that difficult. I mean, I think it's actually, as I say, I think the onus is on labels and, and artists to kind of take responsibility for this stuff now.
1: now that it is. You're exactly right. I mean, I hadn't thought of it in that way if you're going to put out a physical release you know in in a digital world right which you know a lot of us still enjoy I've got huge stacks around me all around this room right here you know it's but but that you're doing something has has environmentalism always been a part of your your train of thought I mean can you trace that to a point
2: yeah definitely I mean I'm I'm certainly aware of it Um, I live in the country and and sort of live as green as as I possibly can having said that I've been touring for the last 10 years as well and you know like like every human being we're we're all a bit of a contradiction as far as this goes i think as i was saying like whatever you can do in a small way i think it's it's really easy to feel very helpless about all of this stuff isn't it and just to kind of give up and just think well what's the point in recycling my coke can but uh, you know it's and it's a very cliché thing to say but i think if 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 we all take on those little things then then it it really does make a difference it's uh, yes yeah yeah I, I think I think every I don't think it's a choice anymore. I think everyone needs to take responsibility for it. Otherwise, uh, Mars, here we come. Yeah.
1: If everybody just does a little thing, that's the that's that's the thing right there. If everybody just does a little, it goes
2: uh, a long way. It's so I think, much. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I'm certainly enjoying the new sets. Again, songs for the drunk and broken-hearted. It is an uplifting family fun adventure. That everyone should take the ride on. Is the next one? Is
2: the next one in process? Of course, I've got to ask that. It is, yeah. I mean, I, it's been a, an incredibly fruitful time creatively. Lockdown. I, um, yeah, as I said, I wrote several songs for to finish off the the Drunk and Broken Hearted album. I also released a, a little album called Patchwork, mm-hmm. which was a charity album. Uh, all the all the money went to a food bank charity called the Trussell Trust here in the UK. But I wrote so much in lockdown that not only, yeah, there was, there was the sort of two or three that got added to Drunk and Broken Hearted. And then there was like these, these sort of seven or eight other ones that I released as patchwork. And yes, we are, we are sort of halfway through album 14 as well, which is getting, uh, yeah, we're starting kind of mixing that at the moment. So hopefully, I reckon that'll be out sort of early next year sometime, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's some artists. Of course, the pandemic has offered them no avenue for inspiration. You know, like some and, and it's that we've got lots of covers, records, uh, live releases, instrumental albums. It doesn't right. sound like that's been the case for you. Like, where have you been able to find your
2: source to write from? I feel like it's been the most unbelievably saucy time ever. Like, I just not not in a good way, unfortunately. But you know, as far as like inspiration goes the whole world is going through this insanity together. Like for for me, it's it's been, I've I've been writing and writing and writing and haven't, it hasn't been an issue. I think again, it goes back to that thing that we were talking about, about like, you know, some bands write together and, you know, and, and need a studio and need certain things to be able to have that creative process happen. All I need is a guitar and I can, I've always written on my own and I can just kind of sit at my kitchen table and have a coffee and, and write a song. So it's easy, for, you know, I'm lucky in, in that regard. So I, I feel like it's gone well one way or the other. I, I, you know, a lot of my musical friends say the same thing. Half, half of them have written 15 albums. The other half haven't picked up a guitar. And it's, I think it's really split the the writing community down the middle. Neither, is, I, I suppose, yeah, I was going to say neither is better or worse. I'm glad I'm on the writing side, yeah.
1: Well, so are we as fans. I mean, we benefit every single time. I look forward to hearing what comes out of that one. But in the meantime, thank you so much for this set and continuing to do what you do, both uh, inside the songs and outsides. Uh, Mike, I really do appreciate it. And thanks for taking the time to talk about it.
2: It's been such a pleasure. And thanks for supporting the music. It means an awful lot. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Take care and hopefully we'll see you soon. All the best, man. All right, bye. Bye. My thanks, Mike Rosenberg. The new Passenger album is called Songs for the Drunk and Brokenhearted. Thanks to you, again, for checking out this episode. Hopefully, uh, please do hit subscribe before you get out of here. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from for three brand new interviews every single week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. After that, head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. Make sure to say hi when you do. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence
2: Podcast Network. That's fine. I'm definitely that kind of guy. You can you can throw anything at me, mate.
0: It's easy to hear your favourite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media.